language you hear. I think it's time to start. Is it not? Yeah. Okay. Let's just go ahead and start then. Let's start with a prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for every soul presented and represented in this room. We pray that your spirit will be with each of us as these uh, very important young men and women think about this very important subject. We pray that you would guide them every step of the way. In the name of Jesus, the whole church says, Amen. Now, when I say the whole church, that includes you. Even before you're baptized, you're in this church. Because the Bible refers to people who follow Jesus by a certain name. Have you ever, does anybody know what that name is? Disciple. The word disciple, disciple means somebody who follows Jesus. And long before you're a Christian, most of you are disciples. You grew up in a church. Your mom and dad took you to a church. You believe the stories. You go to Bible classes and a lot or whatever, and you really enjoy it. You're already following Jesus. What we want to talk to you about is that sometime in your life, you actually make that commitment phase, and you move from disciple to full-bore Christian. And normally, that's not an overnight thing. That takes a while to work on. You might have noticed that uh, we have a baptistry right up front and center. Now, you, if you're like me, you never saw it until somebody was baptized. Because it's just a big black box behind the, the praise band. And then all of a sudden, this big lid comes up. My wife said, it looks like a coffin. You know, we've never seen it before. And then somebody like Wayne gets in there, and you know, oh, somebody's going to get splashed. Because when he baptizes, the water goes, doesn't it? Yes. Well, you may have noticed all of that and thought, well, that looks pretty cool. Get to get wet and lay in the pool in front of the whole church. And you might have wondered what all it means, and you probably know it has something to do with giving your life to Jesus. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the whole big story. This will take about a half hour. A couple times, I may ask you a question or two. But if we do it in a half hour, then we'll have a lot of time for questions at the end as well. And here's another thing. If you have questions after, let's say you think of one tomorrow or tonight or next week, ask them. Ask your mom and dad or come ask me. All right? You are a member of this church. Therefore, I don't want to pay attention to you if you have a question. I won't say, oh, I saw you in the class because I can't see anything with these lights I assume you're out there because I can hear you breathing, but that's about it. The people being baptized on that Sunday were joining a movement. They were joining a story. Christians are part of a very old story, starting with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And Christians are a part of what God's doing in the heavens and in the earth. We're part of his story. We're part of his people that he has chosen to work on this planet. In fact, he said that our job is to subdue the earth. Our job is to be his people down here. The Spirit, in the very first story, if you ever notice, God created the heavens and the earth, but the earth was void and formless, and it was in chaos. It was water was surging everywhere. Water's important. I'm going to come back to water. Water's surging everywhere in chaos. And then the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit hovers over the water. The next thing you know, order is brought in. And things are put where they're supposed to be. And things grow. And things become alive. Because the Spirit has come down over the water. 
the story of Moses, the children of Israel. One of my favorite stories growing up was the story of the plagues, because I frogs falling out of the sky. Who doesn't like that? You know, um, and lice everywhere, and bad people, and seas turning to red, you know, the light. But then that real big thing, they're all trying to get away from Pharaoh. And then the people are terrified, because in front of them is a sea. God says to Moses, Moses says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Chaos, there's trouble, there's fear. They says, look at the water. And then God has the water split open. And he says, go through the water. And you walk through water on dry ground to get to the other side. You know the story, right? Because you've been to get vacation Bible school, so that's always in there somewhere. That's a that's a heck story right there. Anytime you get a walk under fish. And they get all the way over and they're safe in the water, closes over the army. Because without the Spirit of God, water can be a danger. With the Spirit of God, water leads to salvation. Pharaoh's army didn't have the Spirit of God. They drowned. God's people lived. Water. Every, and in fact, they're in the desert for 40 years. Guess what happens? Before they can go into Canaan, they got to cross water again. The Jordan River is there. It's in a flood. It is it's breaking its banks. It's banging everywhere. It's moving fast. Think about, think about it. Like the Harpeth or one of the rivers around here. Remember five or six years ago, some of you were too young. There's a huge flood here. It was that kind of stage. Not as big, but just as violent, just as fast moving. Houses, people, and very scared sheep are gone right by it. And God says, There's the land on the other side. Pick up your religious stuff, the Ark of the Covenant, and walk in there. Remember, almost none of the people saw the Red Sea part because all those people had died in the desert. This was new. It was like, they, and they hadn't been to BBS, and they hadn't been to church. So it was like, oh, what are we going to do? And here's an extra complication. Some of you will get this, some of you will not. So you got to pay attention to see if you want one to get it. Back in those days, they believed there were gods everywhere. There's God in that tree, God in that rock, God over there, God over there. They didn't know there was one true God. Well, the Bible talks about demons, which are bad spirits, and aren't anywhere near as strong as God, but they cause trouble. And sometimes they act like they're gods, and they fool people. People on the other side of the river, that army over there waiting on them, believed that river belonged to their God. Everybody believed it belonged to Baal, the god of storms and floods. And God goes, you know that river that belongs to the god of storms and floods? Walk in it. Have you ever gone to swim in the ocean? And the first time you saw it, you were thinking, ah, you swim in that. Because it's not like a pool, right? You walk in and all of a sudden, whack. And next thing you know, you're eating sand you're being drugged up in the next bit, right? That's what the site is going, I don't want to walk in that. This is too scary. So the people of Israel, it says, walk in. They have to put their feet in. As soon as they start walking, God splits it again. They walk through, they beat the army on the other side. Let's go forward to the time of Jesus. That time, let's say that this was the temple. Outside the temple, they carved down in the rock these big pools. There weren't, when you, when you think of a pool, you think of something that you can play in at your, at your neighborhood. Not like that. It's more like a really big bathtub that's very deep. 
and had steps that would go in this side, and steps that would go out the other side. And they were, these were called mikvah. And they were for ritual cleansing. Before you went into the temple, every single time, you walked down into the water, you submerged yourself, and you walked out of the other. And very often, you do that seven times. Every single time you went in, you cleansed yourself. And only the men could go. Women couldn't even do that. Now, the women had their own ritual cleansing places, but this was an end. Jesus came to change. I heard one of the girls go, what? Jesus changed on the bed. Jesus didn't like that either. So, hang on. But again, water. Before they went in to worship, they had to do this. And the priests who already lived inside, they didn't really live inside, and that's where they stayed most of the time, before they did anything religious, had to wash. They had this huge thing called the Sea of Brass. And they had to wash all over before they could do anything religious. God says, you've got to be clean. You've got to go to the water, leave the dirt behind, leave the chaos behind, bring order to your life, and then you can approach life. He's always done that, all the way through the Bible. There are no stories that don't do this. They have the water involved. Even as God's blessing him in the desert, how does he do it? Water out of a rock. Who is our rock of ages? Jesus. How do you get to him? Through the water. God has this one theme. He just keeps coming back to this one theme over and over again. So Jesus shows up. First thing he does, there's this guy named John the Baptist, a real hairy guy. Uh, kind of crazy, but, but God likes him. And so he's preaching in the desert, and here comes Jesus. Now, he knows Jesus because they're cousins. But he also knows because he's talked to his mama, he's talked to Jesus' mama, that this is actually the Messiah. He was born out of a miracle. And out of a miracle, this is God. Looks like a person, but it's God. And Jesus comes down and is in the line to be baptized. What were they being baptized for? They believed they had been sinning. And so they were baptized, just like the mikvah. When they go down, by the way, if you had two mikvahs, they weren't mikvahs. To make something plural, if it's masculine word, you put an ut at the end. If it's not, you'd have an im. So it's mikvah ut. And then, uh, that's why you might want to see a word like cherubim. It means more than one cherub. Cherubim, they pronounce it. So that's, again, some, some of the verses even change that. But why do I need to be baptized? The same reason they, they were. John was baptized and saying, we're sorry for all of our sins. We're going to be clean now. It was a ritual cleaning. And then they'd come up, and there's Jesus. And he's going, wait a minute. You haven't sinned. There's no reason for you to be baptized. That's a really important thing. If you can't sit there and name some sins you committed, probably not ready for baptism. And that's not bad. God will take you and reach you and the Spirit will talk to you when it is time. But if you think, you know, I've been pretty perfect. Baptism's not for you. Not yet. Unless somebody says, you're not so perfect, here your problem. You know, if, if they're saying, you know you are, you've been a good kid, I've got no problem. So when should you be baptized? When you're ready. For some people, that's pretty young. For some people, that's not until they're older. Not until God and you realize you're ready. So he says, I don't think I can baptize you. Jesus says, please do this. The old King James is weird. He says, suffer this be done unto me. Forget that. That's not the way Jesus talked. 
Uh, I know he didn't have a Scottish accent either, but he didn't sound like a Tennessean, let's be fair. <laughs> he said, please do this for me. I want to fulfill all righteousness. I want to do the right thing. you got to want to do the right thing. So it's not like just joining the club. you got to do the right thing. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be a person that does the right thing. Everybody in here, you're already old enough. I can tell. Even the, the big sheets in the dark. I can tell that you already know about some bad things. You know some kids in school that have done bad things. You might even think of them as bad kids. That's not what the class is about today, so I'm not going to sort out what it means to be a bad kid. But you go, oh, if you do what that kid does, they choose the bad thing. You have to be old enough to say, I'm going to choose to do the right thing. Now here's the deal. Nobody in here and God does not expect you to always make the right choices, but he expects you to try. He expects you to want to. He doesn't want you. But the Holy Spirit says, what you just did was wrong to go, well, whatever. You're not ready for baptism. You're ready for baptism when you go, I did the wrong thing. I am so sorry. I'm going to do the right thing. My, uh, we've always been warriors in our family. And our son, um, born in America, became an American boy. He became a Marine. And being a Marine, they do things certain ways because they're Marines. If ever you're in um, the airport and you see somebody wearing their, their camos, it's never a Marine. Marines don't wear their camos in public, period. If they're on the plane, they're either in uniform or in civilian clothes. They're never camo. Why? Because that's what we do. I won't go through all the things. They have certain rules because they're Marines. If you're Army, you have certain rules because you're Army. If you're an insurance salesman, you've got certain rules because you're an insurance salesman. If you're a preacher, you have certain rules because you're a preacher. If you're a Christian, one of your rules is, I want to do the right thing, even if nobody else is doing the right thing. I've decided to follow Jesus and do the right thing. I'm going to enter the chaos of the water and come out belonging in the end. That's what baptism is. So, he's baptized. Are we done? Nope. When Jesus is about ready to leave the planet, he turns to his people and he says, all right, the Christian story goes with you. You go teach everybody everything I've taught you. And one of those things is to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about that. Sometimes people will say, that doesn't make sense, that God is three and yet God is one. Yes, it does. In physics, we know that that works all the time. I know it doesn't seem to work whenever you work at our level, but when you get very big and very small, quantum physics, it works perfect. God is a lot bigger than us. He doesn't live within our rules. And it's hard to put them in boxes. And so I'm gonna give you general ideas, but be aware, they like to hop the box and do what they do. The Father, God the Father, tends to be the one who makes the plan. This is what we're going to do. God the Son, Jesus, does the plan. He works it out. The Spirit gives the power and the guidance for the plan. Gives the power to get the plan going, power to keep it going, and talks to us that we be a part of that plan. For example, the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth 
But later it says Jesus is the one that made it, but the Spirit came down and hovered. It all means this. God made the plan. Jesus created it by the power of the Spirit, and the Spirit continually guided that process. You, who were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they say they come and live in you now. You become part of that story. Therefore, the one who makes the plan, you're part of him. The one who does the plan, you're part of him. And the power for the plan, he lives in you too. That's why the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he's been baptized. He can say that. So, that story, that Christian story, entering the water is part of what we do to show this is our story. We've chosen sides. One of these days, you're going to have to choose a side. Are you going to root for Tennessee? Are you going to root for Georgia? Are you going to root for Alabama? You don't get to be neutral. I found that out. <laughs> I bought this shirt because I liked the shirt. I've been told today that I have chosen a side. <laughs> I was not even aware it was orange. I don't see colors the same way that my wife sees colors. She does not send me to buy something of a certain color. Uh, she's found that she needs to hand me something that says, show that to somebody with a ring. <laughs> they will look at it, and they will match it, and I will go home like a nice wee doggy. Um, <clears throat> you will have to make a choice. You, if somebody looks at you one day and says, what football team in the SEC do you root for? You can't say, all of them. They won't let you do that. You have to make a choice one of these days, too. You know, do you root for America or do you root for Iraq? Make a choice. Now, that's all very simplistic. Here's the big choice. Are you going to choose the world as your team or Christ and Christians as your team? Only those who've been baptized have made that choice. They've entered the water. And the Bible has another really graphic way of saying this. It says that by entering the water, you're dying. It's like being buried. And then you're being resurrected to be a whole new person. Let me show you something, all right? Can I, can I borrow you? Would you mind? All right, I don't want to embarrass anybody. Let's, let's step up here. Now, have you, have you been baptized? Okay, I just want to stand right here. We're going to show you how it looks, okay? Right? This doesn't count as baptism, but this is the such thing in the scripture is dry cleaning. <laughs> we, we can't do that, right? I want to show you how this works. Now, if I'm going to baptize you, I'll do certain things. Before you're baptized, I'm going to talk to you a little bit just to see what you know. I'm not interested in just facts, because I can teach a parrot how to answer facts back. I want to know that you. This is in your heart. You want to choose Jesus. That's your team. All right? If that's true, then I'm going to want you to say it. Because the Bible says uh, in Romans chapter uh, 10, but also in, in Acts chapter 8, you're supposed to say it. So most people would look at you, and you don't have to respond now. Okay? I don't want you to feel like you're under impression. And say, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? And you would say, yes. I actually do it a bit different. Right? And by the way, that's fine. That is absolutely fine. God doesn't say there's a certain way. I actually say, would you repeat after me? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
is I want you to say it. Let's choose a new team. All right? I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's what I would do. So be aware. Um, and then, how does it look? I'm going to ask you to put your hands like this, right? In a little bit, you're just going to pinch your nose. You actually don't have to because there's no water here. <laughs> I would then stand off to your side. And I would say something like, in the name of, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I baptize you into their names for the remission of your sins. Or I would say something like, you don't have, there's not a special word. But you will hear Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You'll hear that somewhere in there, because that's the name, that's the authority under which we're baptizing. Now, before I did that, I would whisper something in your ear like this. On the way back, block your knees. Be as stiff as a board. Okay? Because that makes it easier for you to go down. I can baptize someone who weighs 400 pounds that way. You weigh a little less, but still, it's manageable. As soon as you feel me raising you up, go ahead and bend your knees and stand up. Okay? Then I would put your hands up. Remember how you did that? So you pinch your nose. Some water doesn't run back up in there. And you start your Christian life sneezing on the side. <laughs> Alright? Then I'm going to lower you back. Alright? Lock those knees. I lower you back under water. And as soon as I start lifting, you bend your knees. You stand straight back up. What if you're scared of water? That's all the point. God comes in there too. We'll put all your friends in the baptistry if that's what it takes. And we'll all go down together and we'll all come back up. Right? Now, let's do this again. It's very important. We're going to go back. It's very important you realize you don't stay down there long. You don't stay down there three days and three nights. But we bring you right back up. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Thank you. We're, uh, it is a simple thing. You might say, well, that seems so simple. Why Christianity? It's not supposed to be complex. You're not supposed to go, all right, I'd like to pray to God, but I have to make these 53 things I have to do before I'm allowed to pray. God just says, talk to me. It makes it simple. Now, following Jesus is not always simple because people want to make it hard. But you've chosen the team. There are a lot of times, even today, every day, that I have to remind myself I've chosen the team. The rest of your life, you're going to have to remember that. You will never wake up one day and say, I don't have to work on anything. I am so good. Baptism doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're forgiven, you're on Jesus' team, and you can talk to him. Anytime, day or night, you speak, God listens. That's pretty cool. I have children. My children are growing up now. It doesn't matter. Still my kids. If one of them walked in right now and said, I need to talk to you, I would just I'd dump all of you. <laughs> Why? That's my kid. Now, my son is six foot five, size 15 feet. I mean, he looks like, you know, coming in. But as soon as he walked in, that's my kid. What does he need? God does that too. You might be thinking, he's got a lot of things busy, you know, keeping the sun hot and the light. As soon as you talk, listen to you. But he promises that in his children. He says, we're born of water and of the spirit. The Spirit enters into this. You don't see the Spirit, but He's hovering over the water. When you're baptized, He's living in you. You have any questions? Yes, sir. 
yes, it, it's the question is about God. When you say God, are you really saying Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Yes, yes, you are. They never they never work separately. That's what I'm saying. I gave you general, but they, they mix in the boxes. Jesus is called God, the Holy Spirit is called God, and the Father is called God. And sometimes they'll say, for example, that Jesus raised himself from the dead. Another one will say the Father raised him, and in the third it says the Spirit raised him. Why? They don't do anything without each other. That's why they're three, but they're one. Can I give you a, this is a really good illustration, but it's the best I can do. I married my girlfriend 35 years ago. She's still my girlfriend, sitting right back here. She's really cute, but don't look at her, because she's mine. <laughs> um, when the Bible says when Adam and Eve came together, they became one flesh, and that word is echad. That's a Hebrew word, echad, means one. The Jews every day were to say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, and that word's plural. Our God is one. In other words, they are one. And they used the word echad. Our God is one. Echad. Right? And so, yes, when you say God, you're talking about all three. They work together. Good question. Yes. Uh, is it okay if God has more Yes, but it's almost never needed. And let me explain that, because that's an excellent question, actually. That's kind of a broad question. I get people that are, say, old, <laughs> real old, you know, like 30. And, and they'll come to me and they'll say, I was baptized like when I was 10, and I'm not really sure I knew what I was getting into and all that. I feel like I need to be baptized again. Almost never do I baptize them. And the reason is, that first one, that counted. That first baptism counted. If they were baptized just because, well, everybody else was and didn't really know what was happening, then that would be different. But I'll ask them a question. I'll say, did you know you were choosing Jesus? Did you want to be a Christian? If they say yes, I'll say, then God's got to sort it. However, if they say, I just can't sleep at night because I'm worried about it, I'll baptize them again. I won't worry about that. Because if a second one is valid, great. If not, they just got wet, but they feel better. I'm not worried about it. We don't have to go into the mikvah every time we worship. But Jesus wants is enough. See, that's the difference. We don't have to keep crossing the water. You cross it once with Jesus, once for all. Other questions? Those are actually better questions than I was expecting. This side has had no questions yet. I'm quite disappointed. <laughs> We've only got about five minutes left, I think, until we're supposed to break. So I don't want you to have to, you know, fake questions. Um, yes? Uh, if, you were bad, if you were baptized in a different, like, you're still Christian, but in a different Christian religion, could you get baptized in another religion? Yes, in fact. I don't think most churches require that you're baptized into their church. The churches of Christ don't. We believe that if you were immersed, in other words, you went backwards like this young man, into the water and came out because you wanted to belong to Jesus, that that baptism counts. Although you'll find a few churches of Christ that say, ah, almost most churches of Christ will accept that. However, if you were, if they just sprinkled water on you, 
we would say, we want you to really enter the water, just as they did. And we would, we're still going to treat you as a Christian. We're going to treat you with respect and dignity and kindness. But we would ask you to consider being buried with Christ and raised with water. Because that's very important to us. That's simple. You have questions. Uh, I, I baptized one guy. Well, Derek was at the third baptism. I've done it the fourth. Yeah. He had been baptized in a series of different churches, but every single time he'd been sprinkled. He told me, you're never going to baptize me. I've been baptized enough. I said, fair enough. And within weeks, he called me and said, would you baptize me? I said, sure. Because he began to think about it and thought, I want to go all the way in. That's another way to put it. <clears throat> Are you all in for Jesus? You know, for example, I, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. Sorry if that disappoints you. But I was here for 10 years went to games, and I learned to love Detroit. But if you were to say, oh, what's the starting lineup? I don't know. I'm kind of a fan, but I'm not all that. I know they're leading their division. I know they're leading by five games, but I don't know all the ins and outs. I'm not all in. I don't get all dressed up in Tigers gear and sit before you know, TV. I check the score the next day, and I'm either happy or sad. God wants you to be all in. And baptism is a good sign of going all in. Because you're going all the way under and all the way up. Okay? You ever played ball with somebody that wasn't all in? The ball's coming to them, you're going, get it, get it, get it. They're going, well, <laughs> God doesn't want that person on the team. He wants, well, he wants everybody on the team. He wants everybody to pay attention. Yeah. Anything else? Mom and Dad, anything I should have covered or did not? All right. Oh, one thing I didn't mean to bring up. It doesn't have to be a preacher baptizing. It doesn't have to be any particular person. It can be a guy. It can be uh, a woman. It can be a group. I've seen where three or four people get a hold of them. Sometimes because they were handicapped and they, they needed people. Other times because these are my friends and this is my family. And everybody took them down. Uh, that's very cool. None of that matters. So you get to choose. Now don't feel the pressure. I've had, I've had young kids almost crack under the pressure of, I don't know. All right, and we'll take that from you. We'll say, we'll, we'll chase for you. But as a rule, just be aware, it can happen anywhere there's one. It can happen in a big bathtub. <laughs> I baptize a lot of people in bathtubs because that was the only place we could get water. It can happen outside in a creek or a stream, the ocean. It can happen in the baptistry inside that's heated. Very, I'm very pro-heated baptistries in the, in the winter. Anywhere there's water. So you get to choose that too. Did you have another question? Yes, I want the evangelism. I want to know if anyone's in a certain kind of water. No. No, there's no, and again, that's God making it really, really simple. No special water. Uh, that great story in Acts of the Ethiopian Union. Whenever he wants to be baptized, he goes, see, here's water. And Philip goes, if you believe, you can. Okay, two questions, three questions. I'll tell you. Yes. 
some, yeah, some churches refer to certain water as holy water. That's not in the Bible, and so we don't do that. But their tradition is that it's a way to bless other people. They'll have a certain priest bless some water, and they take that water and they'll, they'll put it on people's foreheads and they're sick or something. And that's an act of kindness, really. But is it really holy water? Probably not, but if God wants to bless it, I'm fine with that. I think that's cool. But in our church, we don't consider any water holy. We, we consider people to be holy, but not things. You had a question? Uh, actually, it was sort of so you pointed out from the blocks and when you said that one time when I was at camp, and they, they baptized kids in the pool, and so my brother was in the one that does, but then Bill said, um, I couldn't, somebody was in the last, uh, they want to move in the one in the lake or something. No, that might be snakes in the lake. No, it's snakes. If you're sprinkled baptized, like, is that required of your baptism or not? You know, Christians have been fighting over that for a long time. If, if you've been sprinkled, but you you love Jesus and you chose the team, uh, there's no way I'm not going to call you a Christian. But I am going to suggest to you that just as Jesus wanted to fulfill all righteousness, you might want to go deeper, and you might want to go all the way and do the immersion. And so I encourage that very, very strongly. That's certainly what they did in the first century. The sprinkling thing didn't happen for a long time. So... We try and the churches of Christ to do as much like Jesus as we can. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy your day. I gotta go back to work. Now. <laughs>